this morning, I ask that you turn to the book of Genesis. We'll look there in chapter 1, verse 26 is where we'll start. I'm going to read a passage of scripture before we get there. It ties the sermon all together with God's word. And it's out of Psalms chapter 11, verse 3. first three verses of that, then we'll get back to the book of Genesis. It says in Psalms 11, verse 1, In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the strings. They may privily shoot at the upright in heart. Now listen to this. If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the promises of your word. Lord, I thank you for Jesus. Lord, we pray that we would humble ourselves before you. Lord, I pray that I would be effortless this morning as I stand behind your pulpit. Lord, that you speak freely through me you use me as your spokesman this morning, that I would be all that you expect me to be and all that you command me to be. So Lord, we pray that Satan be barred from this place, that God, the Holy Spirit, he move in a great and mighty way, that you'll be worshipped this morning. For I seek your pleasing upon this service. It's in Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen. First, uh, Three of Psalms chapter 11 says, If the foundation, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? I believe everyone here this morning would agree that Satan has attacked the American home. Amen? I believe. Everyone that knows me knows that I love the United States of America with all of my heart. I cherish my nation. I'm proud to be American. I'm thankful today that the Lord has allowed me the blessing of being born in the United States of America, a wonderful and great land. But America is in trouble. Our nation is in a bad position. I believe today America is actually skating on thin ice. I believe that our great nation is just holding on by a thread. And if we are to save America, we will have, as Americans, will have to save the home. The home. That is the Christian home. Must be established and they must be preserved. If our homes are not right, with God, our nation will not be right with God. Moral and spiritual decay has set in today. And on the American homes, they are falling. It is spreading like a horrible epidemic within the home. Nations are made up of homes. Families. People. No godly homes means no republic. The home uh, that pleases the Lord is a home where he is given preeminence in all areas of it. Now you 
start looking for the definition of what makes the best type of home, you're going to find many, many answers. I warn you today that I've seen commercials that talk about if you're having problems with your kids on all the electronics, that they'll help you make decisions. I'm going to tell you you're in a bad place if you're depending on the government to tell you how to raise your children. I'll tell you what you do, take it away from them. Pretty simple. Let me help you with that. Today what has happened in America, we've let, uh, allowed uh, TV channels to raise our children. We've gotten away from the standard in which God has set forth in what makes a godly home. We've let babysitters, thinking they can raise them. We've allowed the school system, think that they can raise them. We've allowed television to think they can raise them. We've allowed iPhones and iPads, but they will not work. They will not work. It'll take a humbling by a father and a mother in that home and bring that child up in a reverent fear before an almighty God. That's how you raise children. There's only one right answer. So as we think about the message on the home, I want us to think first of all of that home that was first established in the beginning. And in the beginning it was great. Yes, it had the home had great beginnings because it began with God. The Bible says that after the heavens and the earth were created, God created the land, the sea, the planets, the moon, the stars, the animals, and then God made man. Look there with me, if you would, in Genesis chapter 1. We'll read there in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let him uh, have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Then look over there with me in chapter 2, verse 18. And the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. Then look there in verse 19. And out of the ground, the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. Whatsoever Adam called uh, every living creature, that was the name thereof. Adam gave names to all the cattle and all the fowl of the air and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord caused deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh and said thereof. And the rib which the Lord had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto and Adam said, This is now my bone of my bone and my flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she is taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall, become, uh, shall be one flesh. The first institution that God created was not the church, nor was it government. The first institution, as the Bible sets forth before us today, out of God's almighty word, the oldest institution, the first institution of God is the home. The home. 
I can see Adam as he names the birds and all the animals. I see Adam uh, as he looks at this birds that he puts out, male and female. something was missing in Adam's heart so God performed the first operation he took a rib from Adam's side and God made woman and I'm going to tell you something today people take this as an insult and it's silly that God created a healthy boy I'm going to tell you that's a great compliment lady you know why brother Joe he looked at me and you and he said that boy's going to need some help that's what he said he said, I'm going to have to get him some help because I can tell you that uh, what a blessing women are to men. They make us more than we would be without them because God said they're their help meet for us. And it's a great compliment for you. So I'd say that home had a good beginning, didn't it? God had good intentions. God set place. God set it the home and established the home with a great foundation, but it didn't stay that way. So as now we look at the beginning of the home, now we're going to see the blight of the home. God desired that that first home, it was set forth for what reason? To glorify Him. And if that would have happened, the home would still be unblemished today. But that's not what happened. You see, sin came into that first home, that first institution, and man fell. He fell because of transgressions. He fell because of his sin. Satan came into the Garden of Eden in the form of a serpent, and he planted his lies. And those lies took place and took root in the heart and the mind of Adam and Eve. And sin entered in. Look there with me in chapter 2, verse 17. shall not eat of it. For in that day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. You see, Adam disobeyed God. He brought on the fall. This disobedient act of Adam brought on a blight of sin that entered into the home. It brought this blight upon all of the human race. Man is not a sinner because he sins. Now listen to me. Man is born a sinner and he sins because he's a sinner. See the difference? We are all sinners. We are born with this sin nature. You see, that's why man must be born again. Genesis chapter 3 tells us how the human race got in all this trouble. But praise God, John chapter 3 shows us how Jesus Christ gets us out of it. Sin takes on many forms. The outcome of sin will always be the same. Death. And if a person does not trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, God's love gift, and accept the one who has paid the penalty for that sin in full, the one who died in our stead and in our place and took upon himself our sin, unless you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for deliverance from the curse and the form, uh, from bondage and from the blight that has entered into this world, you will pay the wages of that sin, and it is death, death, death. That's it. 
looked at a beginning and we've looked at the blight. Now I want us to see the blunder in this story. The blunder. You see, the blunder caused the blight. The blight is, it came upon all of mankind and now there's a serious blunder taking place. There is a problem identified very clearly in the Word of God. It is the sin of rejecting man's only hope. The only way out of this dilemma, the only way man has to get out of this dilemma is through the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Satan never uh, uh, never uses uh, uh, counterfeits that will be cheap or of little value. You know, we don't have crooks and uh, counterfeiting pennies, do you? Or one dollar bills. No. And see, Satan's the same way. Uh, The same is the truth of Bible salvation. You see, uh, it's certainly not cheap and it has great value, but see, Satan always counterfeits God's salvation. I'm going to tell you how. What he'll do is is he'll set someone up that they say that they have been called to be a preacher of the gospel. They will stand behind a pulpit somewhere and they will preach to multitudes of people on television and they're nothing more than false doctrine. They teach everything except the blessed hope through the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Satan will use actors and they use the news media They use people in power to persuade people into thinking that there are other ways to heaven and other outlets to be at peace with God. Or they use science just to totally throw God out the window all the way. Because Christian people must be ignorant. We must educate them in school and their children and set them right on really what has taken place. But in John chapter 14, I'm going to tell you how simple doesn't matter a man or woman's education. It doesn't matter who they've listened to or what tutelage they've been under. John chapter 14, verse 6, mankind, all people, every single person who has ever lived or ever will be born has been given the truth. Whether or not they accept it or not, the truth has been given. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me, by me. John 3.18, he that believeth on uh, him, uh, he that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John chapter 12, again, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath uh, one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last days. The blunder and the failure is to trust him alone. Make him the head of the home. This horrible blunder is to those who will say no to the Lord Jesus Christ and they must suffer the consequences to it. We see a world today that if you watch television or you listen to any news or you read any newspaper, you're going to see this great epidemic that we have of uh, child abuse. Now I believe it started in 1972 though. When you tell someone that it's all right to kill someone before they're born, subsequently you can't tell them they can't kill them after they're born. You can't give man that option. And we see all this great child abuse and all the horror that comes with it, but I'm going to tell you today, 
the greatest form of child abuse in America today is withholding children from knowing who Jesus Christ is and bring them to church. That's a child abuse. If we start putting things before God and say, well, this is so important to us, and we neglect bringing them to the Savior of mankind, it's child abuse and it's happening every day. Every church member is being abused. Don't blame it on the church. We've looked at the beginning, the blight, and the blunder. Now I want us to see the breakdown. We're going to get a full picture of this. Because of men not receiving the Lord Jesus Christ, because of mothers not receiving, or men allowing, uh, not allowing uh, Jesus Christ's lordship in their homes, our communities, our state, and our nation is getting broke down because of the failure in the home. So many, no, most of our problems as a nation is because of home problems. You say, well, it's all Washington's fault. No, it's not. It starts at home. God has blessed Calvary Baptist Church with many children. What a blessing. What a wonderful blessing they are. The breakdown in the home is coming at a great cost of our children, and they're having to pay for it. Ephesians 6, 4. We bring up children in nurture, admiration of the Lord. And this training should start as soon as possible. The sooner the better. My friends, don't wait around till your children get into the world and then try to teach them and train them how it's supposed to be. Their morals will already be warped. It's not too late to mend, but it's going to take some to do it. I believe it's very important that once your child is born that they're in Sunday school. I believe it's very important that they attend church, but I'm going to tell you something bigger than that, the key to it. Is that as soon as they're born, you start reading the scriptures over them. Praying for them. Lifting them up. The home is where our children must be prepared to live. They must be prepared to meet God. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, train him up, a child in the ways of the Lord and when he's old he will not depart from it. Well, thank you Lord that he is able today to give us victory. Even through all the blunder that we saw in the, uh, uh, in the home of mankind, you remember this. Satan walked in, but he crawled out. You see that? Satan was able to walk into the Garden of Evil as he, or in the Garden of Eden. He strutted in there all proud with his chest bowed out. But you believe this, after that great blunder, he crawled out of there defeated already. It's time for us to start claiming the victory in our homes. Getting the victory back into home. You see, Jesus Christ is able to give us happy homes. Just as Zachariah and Elizabeth were so thrilled in their hearts when the Lord gave them John the Baptist. Just so God wants your home and my home and every home to be a happy home. So I want us to look at the blessing in this. This is most important. God wants to bless our home. You believe that? 
see, God's in the blessing business. That's what He does. He wants to bless our home. God teaches us in His Word that in order to have the right home, there must be the right ingredients. Parents are to be spiritually right. Children are to honor and love and respect their parents. This condition is a result of the right kind of training. I thought about this yesterday. You know what? A child will become what you let him become if you let him decide. He'll be everything that he wants to be if you let him decide. It's our responsibility as parents and grandparents not to allow them what they want but what God says they're to be. What God says they're to be. You see, this condition of this being right in the home comes as a result of each member fulfilling and discharging its responsibilities within the home. So let's look at those responsibilities of the father, the mother, and the children real briefly. Ephesians chapter 5, 25 says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. You can't take that out of context. It's pretty cut and dry. It's pretty simple. The husband, this important role in the home is clear. His love for his wife is to be as the one that Christ has for the church and give himself for her. When the home fails, it's because individuals fail. The husband is to be the spiritual leader. In fact, the husband, the daddy, is to be that spirit-filled man of God as a husband who lives for God and honors the Lord and loves his wife and also is to perform some duties in that. Now, I'm not making this up, man. This is back with the Word of God. The spirit-filled man of God is to pray for his children, but also with his children. He is to read the word of God, and he is to seek the word of God and show his children the word of God through his everyday life. You see, Job done that. When Job's children died, they knew that their daddy loved the Lord. There's no doubt that their daddy loved the Lord. He is also to present God in the home and instruct his children in the ways of righteousness according to the word of God. This means he is to take the spiritual lead in that home. Men, if your home doesn't have a family altar where you're family studies the word of God where your family prays together you better start one because if you don't have a family altar Satan will alter your family men we're to be the providers in the home a source of strength today we have so many spineless men that will not step up to any responsibility and it's destroy generations He's to be the provider in that home. You know, it says in 1 Timothy, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, 
he hath denied faith and is worse than an infidel. We will be the provider of strength, courage, and security and peace within our homes. And the only way we'll be able to do that is be right with God. Men, if we're not uh, going, if we're going home mad every day because of the way your day went, you're not what God commanded you to be. Your family shouldn't dread you coming home. If they are, you need to repent of it. But God also gave instructions about the wife, the mother in the home, Ephesians chapter 5, and then Titus chapter 2. Tells us what she is to be, the wife. What a responsibility. A mother has in a home. She is that help me to her husband. She is to love him and to love her children, but not only to be a helpmate to her husband, but she is the very heartbeat of that home. I have never acknowledged any other love outside God's love greater than a mother's love. Amen? The influence of godly mothers is tremendous. The destinies of nations are shaped by mothers. Mothers make women's greatest contribution to civilization in the crowning institution of the home. She has such an important role. Praise God for godly mothers. Now regarding the children. God says in Ephesians chapter 6, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For it is right. It's just the right thing to do, children. Children are the heritage of the Lord. The Bible says that they are a blessing. It is true that there are many problem children today. But in most cases, it's because there was a problem home. And it changed that child into a problem child. Children are to honor, respect, and obey their parents. When children are reared in the right way and come to accept the Lord Jesus Christ at an early age, they will be, there will be unnumberable blessings in that home because of its righteousness. Y'all believe that? If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? much praying, men, do you do for your family? How much praying do you do with your family to make it a greater crowd? Women, as we said at the first, the help me and what a blessing it is. Are you that help me? Are you exactly what God desires you to be in the home? And children, do you act as you would the Lord? Today the home has been attacked. And you know how we change it? 
husbands, start acting the way God tells us to. Mothers, start acting wise the way the Lord told us to. And children, do as God says. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today for marriages. Lord, we know things are all possible through you. So Lord, I pray for Calvary Baptist Church this morning. I thank you for the blessings that you bestowed upon us. I thank you for every man and woman and child represented here today. Lord, I pray that you move in our lives, convicting and drawing and leading and guiding as only you can. Lord, that Calvary Baptist Church could change America. I believe that. But it must start within ourselves. So Lord, during this time of invitation, you draw and you convict as only you can. That you be in our presence, in stillness, 